Going beyond the headlines? Getting to the heart of the story. Calgary Today with Joe McFarland on 770 CHQR. Greetings and salutations, friends. Hope all is well with you and yours. We wrapped up week number two of broadcasting remotely from home, and as has become the case during the show, we spent a lot of time listening in to Alberta's Chief Medical Officer of Health, Dr. Dina Hinshaw, and Premier Jason Kenney, among others, updating us on the latest with the coronavirus in Alberta and Calgary. And if last week's episode of the Calgary Today podcast was any indication, you really enjoyed hearing about some of the community building and positivity that's emerged from the pandemic. So we're going to continue highlighting some of that work here. We chatted with Kathy Jacobs from Angels Cafe, Dustin Paisley from Local Laundry, Brian Frischbutter from Birchwood Furniture Galleries, and Jessica Lifley from the Electronic Recycling Association about some of the things they've all been doing to make a difference in our community. We'll start this episode off with Joe Phillips from Joe E Social Media as we discussed homeschooling, technology, and more. It also featured a bit of a monologue off the top that seemed to resonate with a lot of people. This is the Calgary Today Podcast. I saw this from Joe Phillips uh, a, a little bit earlier on this week. She said, we all feel out of control. It's natural to try to get control wherever we can. Too many parents will look at homeschooling as the place they have control. A stressed parent does not make a good teacher. If you can't guide them with patience, don't start school yet. Joe Phillips joining us now from Joe Media. And, and expand on that a little bit because I think everybody's kind of feeling inundated with all the news and everything that's going on. And they don't know exactly how to handle this whole homeschooling thing. Yeah, thanks for having me, Joe. Um, I think that a lot of parents are they're really freaking out right now. And what they're not realizing is that what goes on in the classroom is designed to teach a lot of kids in the best way possible. And if we can look at homeschooling as an opportunity where we actually get to help our kids learn in the way that they best learn and not get too wrapped up in the idea of it being school, then we're going to be way more successful and just have a chance to kind of chill and enjoy this time with our kids. You also said it's a bit of an opportunity as well. Expand on that idea. Oh, it's a huge opportunity. If we look at how our kids are all individuals, like I have three kids and they're very, very different kids. Uh, One really likes structure. So by homeschooling with her, I can provide her with a lot of structure in her day. But then I have another kid that doesn't like to start learning until 2 p.m. So with her, I can do that and she can learn uh, by watching videos and by using art and being really creative. So this is actually an opportunity for our kids to learn in the best way that they can learn rather than having to do the 8.30 to 3 o'clock very structured um, rigmarole that they're used to. Well, and I know that the school boards are all working on learning plans and that kind of thing. But when you put it into perspective, I mean, they're looking at five hours a week, I think, for early elementary and it goes up from there. I mean, when you look at it from that standpoint, you don't necessarily have to try to uh, replicate what's going on in the classroom at all. Uh, Absolutely, we don't have to replicate what's going on in the classroom. If you talk to any teacher, every single one will say that they wish that they could provide experiential education to kids, but they simply can't because there are too many kids to do that with. And so, like, this is actually an exciting time. We should look at this in terms of the story our kids are going to tell when they're older. It's not about paperwork and it's not about filling out workbooks. It's about allowing them to learn. That's what school is for. It's not for grades. It's for learning. And that's what we can be doing right now. 
Now, I know a lot of parents are sitting there and saying, okay, where do I start? So let's mm-hmm. answer that question maybe because you've got you've obviously taken the bull by the horns here. Oh, yeah. Um, so there's a couple places to start, and it depends on how old your kid is. I think in this conversation, the teenagers are really getting missed. Uh, everyone's really focusing on the younger kids, and the teens are kind of being... Like, just because they can make their own craft dinner doesn't mean that they can make these decisions for themselves. <laughs> so uh, so if you have older kids, then what I would say is ask them what they want to learn and ask them where they can learn it. Because they know. Uh, they've been watching on social media. They've been learning since they were probably nine years old by watching influencers, by watching experts from around the world about the things they're really excited about. And so they're really um, becoming highly skilled in the direction of their passion. That's the that's the way we want our kids to go. We want them to work in the industries of their passions. So let's ask them right now, what do you want to learn and where do you think you can learn it? Their answer isn't going to be what an adult would say. They're likely going to say, I want to watch a TikTok. I, wanna, I saw this really cool thing on TikTok. I want to try it. Or I want to go on YouTube. There's this person on YouTube that gives me directions and I want to try doing what they're talking about. So we kind of want to relax a little bit on what the resources are and let the kids direct that too. You mentioned the social media side, and I know that a few parents will sit there and go, I don't want my kid on a computer for the whole time that they are in here. And so is there a happy medium to be reached there, or is there something that we should be putting in place to make sure that uh, you're getting your best bang for your buck online? Well, I think that what I, I think that parents are missing the boat in understanding what uh, digital screen time is for our kids. Uh, for adults, screen time is when we watch, you know, like we watch Netflix or we're mm-hmm. scrolling Facebook. But for kids, their screen time is one-on-one interaction with their friends. They might be FaceTiming while they're drawing. That is screen time, but it's not frivolous screen time. Uh, they may be, a lot of kids will use uh, social media to connect with their friends just in having conversations. That's not a bad thing. That's something that we want happening right now. And so when we look at screen time, we actually want to ask our kids why they want to use it, not assume we know why they're going to use it. And it's not necessarily something we really want to be limiting right now. It is their view into the outside world and it is their connection, their social point of connection right now. And not only that, especially when you go back to the older kids, is that there there's an opportunity there where they know how to handle the Internet. They know how to uh, do their research and that kind of thing. So let them read with if they can and or if they know what they're going after. Oh, if, if you have teens right now, there are so many opportunities for them to actually make money. Um, and, and they know it. They just don't usually have adult support to investigate those opportunities. So this is a perfect time for creative kids to be starting YouTube channels uh, with their parents backing them. So taking things like going to the YouTube creators page and taking all of the education that goes around that. What a great time for them to create their own part-time jobs. And if they're a video, if they play video games, why not let them have a Twitch channel they can be making money while they're playing video games. Why not? So we can look at all of those opportunities. And kids know that they're available. Just a matter of actually having that sit-down chat and understanding one another and, and moving forward from there. Joe, thank exactly. you so much for the insight this afternoon, as always. All right. I appreciate it. Thanks, Joe. Joe Phillips is from Joe Media. You can follow her on Twitter if you'd like, at Joe Out Loud, no E in there. So Joe, J-O Out Loud. This is Calgary Today on 770 CHQR.
a story that we heard through our email here at 770 CHQR, and it was about Kathy Jacobs, the owner of Angel's Cafe, and she joins us now here on the program. And Kathy, take us back to the very beginning here and how this all started where you were providing free meals for Calgarians in need. Oh, I don't know. Let me think. Okay. No, I do. Not. Um, we just, we were closed as a family decision because all of our, most of our customers are seniors and families. And it was a mutual decision by the family. One of the hardest ones we've ever made to close our already struggling business down a little bit. We're always been busy, but with the debt load we were carrying, we were already struggling a bit. So on the 16th of this month, my family and I decided that we were to close our doors and then we had to figure out what to do with all the food that we had just gotten in to resupply our cafe. So um, we decided that uh, we were going to cook it up and give it out to those in need in our areas. And it kind of went on a snowball from there. And from what I understand, it kind of started to gain steam thanks to good old social media. How did that all oh, play yes. into all of this? Well, we had posted on our Facebook page. We've got a lot of our followers on Facebook that we thought might um, might need some help. And we didn't have a lot to, to do, uh, give away, but we thought, well, we're going to give away what we can rather than see it go bad. And um, so we started there. And then the YYC COVID um, site uh, was on Facebook also. Uh, we were shared on there. And then it went from there to our neighbors of the good next door community and to reach out to the immediate community of which we live in, in the Northwest here. And I, since the media's got their, um, got involved, we are just kind of like going a little crazy. So it sounds to me like what started off as a, hey, let's get rid of the assets that we have and then call it a day. It's kind of spiraled into something that's much more bigger than it be, than it was originally planned to be. Uh, yes, and that's exactly what's happening. So, so we thought, you know, we would we were trying to make sure that people were only calling and asking for help if they were in isolation or quarantine, and absolutely had no resources and no help. But um, you know, sometimes, sometimes those are the honorable ones, mm -hmm. or there are just others that say somebody's giving stuff away, we're going to take it. So, we we haven't read, really got any way of filtering that. We're just trusting that people are are making the right decision before they call us and, and calling us for all the right reasons. Now, obviously, you're you're now at the point where you're saying, hey, we need some donations or we need some help here. What are you asking for at this particular point? Um, our biggest need right now is um, ch chicken and, or sorry, any kind of meat to build meals with, any kind of meat and um, and rice and actually no sorry i'm just looking out here in the donations rice doesn't seem to be a problem so we're probably down to pastas pasta sauces any kind of meat that we can add to our donations and um you know that sort of stuff the stuff that we can cook up to help to make meals where um, protein seems to be our biggest need right now how many meals are you able to make in a day well, our biggest day was 235, and I think today's going to blow that record way out out the door. So, Frankie, do you want to help this gentleman? Did you need? Okay. okay. Thank you very much. So sorry. Thank you, love. I so appreciate it. Let me just drop enough more stuff here. No problem. Um, yeah. So so yeah, it's um it's just a matter of okay, let's get everything cooking up and preparing these nutritional meals and getting them out to as many people and with whatever donations we can get on. On. Uh, we're pretty good on vegetables right now. Uh, we did have 400 pounds of vegetables 
donated about three days ago. We're blowing through that pretty quick here, but mm-hmm. but that's kind of where we are. What does it mean to you to have the backing of the community in the way that you maybe didn't think was possible just a couple of weeks ago? Well, I always knew our community supported us because we've always been a big part of the community and supporting those in our in our area. I just didn't realize how big our community suddenly became. And I think that's what this whole thing is about, right? Um, realizing none of us are in this alone, that we're all in this together. And if we just um, stay calm, do what's right, isolate when you can for sure. I know there's some people that are still um, have to go to work, whether they like it or not. Um, and we, we isolate ourselves in the cafe, but um, this is just about reaching out and saying we care. We know you care, and let's just do the best we can for as long as we can, and let's get this job done. You've done an absolutely fantastic job, Kathy, so kudos to you and your team. Thank you so much for taking a little bit of time this afternoon and sharing your story. Thank you so much, and thank you for helping us get the word out. One of the things we've done over the last week or so is highlighted some of those small businesses, entrepreneurs, that kind of thing, who are trying to make a difference in their community. And one of those uh, groups, organizations, and businesses is uh, Local Laundry. And they've been uh, taking to social media through their LinkedIn accounts and everything else to try to shed a little bit of light and, and maybe give some hope for some of those businesses as well. And Dustin Paisley is joining us now here on the program on his Twitter account. He says, co-founder and chief laundry operator for Local Laundry. He's also an entrepreneur strategist at ATB financial and joins us and uh dustin walk us through the last little while here as a small business and so just the the overall feeling as that owner hey joe thanks so much for having me on um it, it's been uh it's been uncertain i think is, is the big word and the theme around everything because uh quite honestly no one expected this to come uh you can't plan for this um and that's really in business what you want to try and do right is you want to plan you want to forecast and you want to try and stick to that plan as much as possible and when something like this comes along uh, it's really unprecedented and so there's not a lot you can do uh, immediately uh, to try and figure your way out and there's no clear picture in the future as to when this is going to to change Um, so for many businesses uh, you're forced to make extreme pivots and make extreme changes and I know you've been, like I said, taking to LinkedIn and other places, kind of giving a little bit of, of, I don't want to call it confidence, but maybe a few quick pointers, a couple of quick thoughts just to kind of make everybody take that deep breath. What's been your main motivation and message as you've been going about with your business there? Yeah, so, I mean, Local Laundry, we're all about building community. We're all about supporting the local economy. Uh, all of our clothes, for instance, are dyed, milled, cut, sewed, and printed right here on Canadian soil. So we're huge advocates for supporting local. And I think that's been one of the big messages we've tried to play as we try and play a little bit of a leadership role here in the city of supporting local is just showing consumers and Calgarians and everyone out there who still wants to support local uh, because we absolutely need to in a time like this. What's a quick and easy way to do that? Examples I shared was, although restaurants may be closed right now, can you order from them and have it delivered, right? A lot of restaurants are are looking at uh, either hiring delivery drivers or bringing on Skip the Dishes or Uber Eats or any of those. Um, Or can you buy a gift card from them? Because they're closed now, but when they're open, let's go back in and support them. And from a business, cash flow is king, right? So if you can capitalize on having something to sell right now for people to be able to uh, take and bring in later. And one really great example of that is... Calgary Heritage Roasting Co., which is a great local business. 
They just launched a beautiful coffee shop this year, and they launched something called uh, the Hibernation Postcard. So for $10, you can buy right now, puts a little bit of cash in their pocket, send this postcard to a friend, tell them you're thinking of them, and when everything's all over, uh, that postcard, you can bring into the coffee shop for two coffees where you and the friend can come in. So we're starting to see these really creative initiatives coming from these businesses who are in this position. And that's what we're trying to highlight, right? We want to show a lot of these businesses and show everyone that although these times are tough and although our doors are closed in many cases, uh, it's not forever. And there's still ways to try and figure out how we can get through this and how to still uh, receive response from individuals who want to support local. And I know a few days ago you also posted on Instagram saying you're going to be opening up your store 25% off your entire store, including already on sale items and free shipping just for that cash flow idea. So I applaud you on on spreading the word, not just about yourself, but also about uh, fellow businesses as well. Dustin, thanks so much for joining us on the show this afternoon. Yeah, thanks so much, Joe. If I can, real quick, a uh, quick little plug. Mm-hmm. We did just launch something today. Um, again, trying to support local, trying to show our cause. Uh, we launched a, a healthcare. Uh, zip up today. Um, so that's on our store. 100% of the profits are going to the Calgary Community Response Fund for COVID-19. Uh, and again, just trying to figure out ways that as a small business owner, how we can support local, how we can continue to thrive uh, in this challenging economy and how we can give back. Another organization here in Calgary is doing exactly that, and it's Birchwood Furniture Galleries. And joining us here on the program to talk about that is President Brian uh, Frischbutter. And Brian, thanks so much for joining us on the on the show today. Give us a bit of a sense as to when you decided to maybe change your momentum and decide to uh, maybe produce some masks here. Uh, it was probably earlier in the week when we started going through uh, just how the downturns affecting us and our business, and how we need to retool and rethink to help out in our community and uh, we had touched base with actually a, a media person with Chorus there, our rep, and uh, talked to Ron about, hey, you know, we understand that there's needs out there and, and is there somebody that we can help out? And at the same time, we heard an ad on your radio that the Mutrecy was looking for masks and we're like, we can probably retool our manufacturing facility to to produce these and let's see what type of materials we have and how to go about it. So we've kind of converted over our furniture manufacturing here and made it into a uh, makeshift uh, mask facility. That's crazy. How difficult was that to make that transition or were the materials pretty easy to uh, interchange? Uh, we have a lot of materials here already. Um, it's a it's a kind of a, without getting too technical, it's a polypropylene polymer fabric that we use. Um, right. We use it every day of the week. So we just have to kind of change over our tooling and make a pattern for our cutters to cut it. Um, that's really quite simple. And then we have all the sewing capabilities here to start sewing them. So um, I think there's a limitation. It's just how many can we produce in a day? How many have you been able to produce in a day so far? We're, we're at 500 a day right now um, is, our, is yeah. our number that we've been doing. Um, I know that with the mustard seed, we've dropped off quite a few today to pick up again another 200 this afternoon and uh, we're just trying to see what else we can do for to create a bigger number who all have you been able to reach out to and and give these masks away to um we're pretty much in the infancy stage uh right now we're in, in talks with uh alberta health services as well as uh sema right now as far as getting um the proper documentation in place to see whether they're going to work for them so that's our big push and then after we've kind of work through that um, we're going to see if we can move into protective gowns next 
on a personal level, what does it mean to you to have been able to come up with a, a bit of a stopgap here and be able to help the community in, in this way? Um, it's been huge. I mean, we know there's a huge need, and, and we understand uh, specifically in talking to the seed that they're in a position where they're they're struggling to find masks anywhere, and this could compromise um, their staff as well as clients. And then what do they do? Do they shut down? That's just not going to work. So we need to make sure that we're doing our part. We've been manufacturing in Calgary for 42 years, so how do we help out our own community? Is there anything from a listener's perspective that they can do to help you out? You know, that's that's the unknown right now. Um, right now, I need, we need to get more supplies. Um, and uh, sometimes we, we need light industrial machines to sew these things. We all have uh, uh, commercial machines, not uh, smaller machines to do the sewing. So that's a big part of it. I mean, we have the staff here to do it and the ability. It's just now time to ramp up my, my cutting. I can cut a lot more per day than I can sew. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, a tip of the cap to you, Brian, and, and your team over at Birchwood. Uh, job well done, and, and keep up the great work. I appreciate the, the time. Thanks, Joe. From one good story to another, Jessica Lifely now joining us from the Electronic Recycling Association. And Jessica, I understand you have a new program up for families who may not otherwise be able to access laptops. Tell us a little bit more about this program. Mm-hmm. So, um, ERA is a nonprofit organization that reduces the negative impact that e-waste has in our environment through the re- refurbishment of IT devices. So, for the last 15 years, we've been donating to organizations and individuals throughout Canada. Um, so, last Wednesday, we started getting phone calls from organizations in the throughout Canada who want to work remotely from home but did not have access to laptops to be able to do so. Uh, we also start getting a lot of families calling us up. Um, particularly in Calgary, just basically saying, look, we have our kids at home. We usually go to libraries to get their uh, homework done and use the the library or the, uh, the laptop or the computer at that library. Um, but now that libraries have closed down, we're using our phones, which isn't the best form, best way to obviously um, get their kids' homework done. So they reached out and they're like, "Look, is there a way that we can uh, provide laptops to them? Um, is there a program in place for this for COVID-19?" So I kind of sat down with my team in the office and we just went bounced around different ideas and we said, "You know what? Maybe we there's there's a few options that we can offer uh, low-income uh, families, families that have income that have like." that can afford equipment, but at a low cost price. So we came up with four different options. We've got rent a laptop, lease to own. We've also got free laptops. And then we've also got the budget laptops for $80. What kind of work goes into uh, refurbishing these computers so that they are ready for those who need them? Mm -hmm. So we, at the moment, obviously we're finding it difficult to receive donations from clients or from companies due to the fact that they've all closed down. Um, But on a a normal day, we would uh, go by, pick them up, um, ensure that they receive a collection certificate that basically states what we've taken and that we're responsible for those laptops or computers if anything may happen to them. We bring them back to our warehouse, we scan everything, so scan all the serial numbers, we make sure that every data 
data that's on the hard drive has been either destroyed or data wiped. Um, with data wiping, we use a software called Blanco where we switch out the digits um, over seven times to make sure that the data that was on that device is non-retrievable. Uh, some companies, uh, mainly banking institutions, would go for data destruction, so physically destroy the hard drive, which means that we then put a new hard drive into the system. We wipe it clean, and then we put a software called Windows 10 on each of those laptops that we're going to provide to organizations and families in need. The only thing that our donation donated laptops don't come with is obviously Microsoft, so individuals will have to um, get that themselves. I know there's a there's an option online for uh, I believe it's called Open Office. It's a free um, type of software like Word, like Office mm-hmm. that they can download. But yes, yeah, so that's basically it. So over the last um, few days, our requests have gone up to 250 applications in. Wow! Uh, so far, we have completed 50 of those. Um, the amount that's coming in, it's hard to keep up with the amount that's coming in in regards to like it's, it's like I woke up one morning and there was like 85 applications on my emails. And I'm like, whoa, crazy. Like, no but yeah, so we're the, the thing is, we're pleading for companies to help us out. And we were trying to figure out if companies are closed, how can they still help us out? So we have came up with a a shipment plan. So basically companies can palletize their equipment and we will provide a shipping service. So instead of us going physically to pick them up and to be in front of our clients and obviously not practicing social distancing, um, we are working with the likes of FedEx and UPS to ensure that our clients can still ship their devices to us. Really is needed given all that's happening in the world around us. For more information (laughs) on this, you can go to electronicrecyclingassociation.ca. Jessica, thanks so much for the time this afternoon. Joe, I really appreciate you letting me on the phone today. Thanks again to all of our guests for joining us this week, and thanks to all of you for downloading and listening. If you haven't already, make sure to subscribe wherever you get your favorite podcasts and leave us a rating and review to help spread the word. Special thanks to content producer Angela Cocott for helping line up the show each day this week, and thanks to technical producer Matt Ayer for putting the podcast together. Until next week, thanks again for checking out the Calgary Today podcast.